Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, February 5th. It's just moments away. But before we get into that, we need to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this humble little program that we have. Unions like the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace, Not Aerosmith Workers, Local 126 and District 8. A giant thank you to those unions for jumping on board, sponsoring this program. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show for Wednesday, February 5th, is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Panic in Detroit. Panic in Detroit. You know that song, D? No. <laughs> it's the 70s. Forget it. The Jarofsky Show starts now. <laughs> yeah. Panic in Chicago. It is Wednesday, February 5th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's our weekly visit with legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson. We're talking all things what the hell happened in Iowa and the State of the Union address with WVON's The Buchanan and Seton Show's Atima Buchanan. And it's the long-awaited return of Chicago political mastermind Delmarie Cobb. And now your host, ah, not a Chicago political mastermind. Pretty smart, though. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Maggie, Maggie, Maggie Wednesday. And here's why. So, you know, D, I like to think I know absolutely everything about, there is to know about politics. But it turns out I don't. Let's go back in time. In the time machine last night, we're at the hideout, the great debate. Carlos Ramirez Rosa representing Bernie Sanders. Brandon Johnson representing Elizabeth Warren. They're going at it. They're punch for punch. Great debate. It was very enlightening. Loving the sound effects. How about the... I mean... You know, did I ever... Can I give you my Clint Eastwood imitation? Anyway, so they're having this great debate. And at one point, Brandon Johnson says, just as an offhand comment, I, Brandon Johnson, thought I knew everything about politics, but I didn't realize they had many electoral college systems in Iowa. Now, we've been talking about the utter debacle in Iowa, the fact that they're apparently incapable of counting votes, one of the most embarrassing displays of ineptitude I've ever seen. And I say this as a person who's watched Chicago elections since 1981, actually go back to the 70s and the 60s. So, yes, my, come on, Hoosiers, you really screwed that one up. Anyway, I'm like, many electoral colleges? What's he talking about? Huh. But I didn't want to say anything. You know, it was a debate. I didn't want to interrupt the debaters. At the same point, I didn't want to admit to everybody in the room that I didn't know what he was talking about. But later, D. <laughs> later. So I took a look. I took a look at the totals that were coming. I know it was hard to keep track of the totals because they they were they released them in chunks. I think they're still only at 71%. Last I looked, it was like 71% of reported. Here we are on Wednesday. The election was Monday. <laughs> oh, take your time, Iowa. No. 
you know, the, the the convention's in July. You have to July to figure out uh, how many delegates everybody gets. Anyway, it's still at 71%. They're taking their time. And I took a look at the raw vote, okay? Just like who voted for Bernie, who voted for Buttigieg, okay? Those are the top two, all right? Bernie had 32,772, last I looked. That's correct. Thank you, uh, Robert Mueller. And uh, Mayor Pete at 31,458. That's correct. So one more time, Bernie. <laughs> Mueller's really on his game today, man. Bernie, 32,772. Mayor Pete, 31,458. Hmm. 32, 31. Now, as I always point out, I am not Daniel Danny Biss. I am not a mathematician. It's true. And who is? <laughs> Dan Biss, he is. Oh, Ben, I ain't really good at math. But it is, you know, I just also want to point out that I took and passed freshman year algebra at Evanston High School. Okay, it wasn't that easy, D. All right? Oh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I struggled in that class. Me too. But one thing I learned in those advanced scholarly pursuits of mine of algebra at Evanston High School when I was a wee lad of 13 and 14, one thing I learned is 32 is more than 31. Again, don't call me Danny Biss, but 32, last I looked. And you know, just to be sure, D, I went around and asked a lot of experts, "Uh, excuse me, uh, Professor Mathematician, is 32 still more than 31? Oh, yes, it is. Did I miss something? Did they like change the rules and make 31 more than, no, they did not. Hmm. So how could it be that Mayor Pete and Mayor Pete supporters are jumping for joy and doing doing backflicks, claiming they won when Bernie has 32 and Mayor Pete has 31. Good question, right, D? Huh? I okay. think so. So I called every expert I knew. I'm calling. I'm calling reporters and strategists, asking about the obscure. Uh, tendencies of the Iowa Democratic Party and how they apportion delegates in such a way that if you get 32, you lose to the guy who got 31. And I'd like to say uh, uh, thank you to the one person who had the answer, the great Maggie Wonderly. I've talked about her before. She's coming on the show in a little while. Maggie, I hope you're listening right now. You truly know the game. She is Bernie Sanders. She'll she'll say, Ben, don't. You're giving me too much credit. But she's really the brains of the Bernie Sanders delegate selection process here in the state of Illinois. As such, I turn to her whenever I have a question, which I have questions all the time, about the bizarre Byzantine rules that regulate and govern the selection process. Uh, she helped the Bernie Sanders campaign put together their delegate slate and she knows the, she goes to all the meetings she studied the rule book she knows absolutely absolutely everything about the delegate process and I told her when I uh, hung up with her I said to her what I always tell uh, say to D give yourself a raise Maggie and take it out of petty cash and she pointed out she's not getting any money because she's a volunteer well then double your salary anyway Maggie explained this to me I said Maggie how come in the entire universe 32 is more than 31, except when it comes to apportioning delegates uh, in the state of Iowa, according to the rules of the Democratic Party. And bottom line, I'm going to make this, I'm going to try to make this as easy as understand as possible. The way she explained it to me is that in Iowa, delegates are proportioned according to what went down in the last 
elections in a precinct. So if a precinct had a big turnout in the last election, they get more delegates uh, in this election. Now, on Monday in Iowa, the Bernie, uh, the Bernie precincts, the precincts where Bernie was more populated, uh, popular, outperformed previous elections. So more Bernie people showed up uh, this time than had in those precincts that had voted the last precincts. In the Buttigieg precincts, the results were not that good compared to the last elections, but because they were rewarded for past successes, Buttigieg gets more delegates. Are you following that? And even if you aren't, I'll just reduce it to this. In the state of Iowa, the incentive for doing better, for outperforming your opponent, is to be punished. I don't know what I'm more outraged uh, when I think about the, de the Democrats in Iowa, that they can't get their act together with the apps that count the votes is pretty outrageous you should just go to a paper ballot oh no we're so sophisticated we've got this app that's produced by a company called shadow <laughs> right off the bat i wouldn't have hired that company i don't know what i'm more outraged that they don't have their act together with their apps or that the rules they've set up punished the person who wins the bottom line my beloved democratic party always finds a way to lose even when they win we got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson will be here. Oh, my God. He is so fired up. He's ready to talk. Uh, Iowa, Trump, impeachment, uh, State of the Union speech, Rush Limbaugh. What else, D? What else is there out there for him to talk There's about? There's a lot. There's a lot. Atiba Buchanan will be in here. I'll tell you what. Atiba Buchanan knows the game. He probably knew about those bizarre Byzantine election rules in Iowa. I didn't ask him about them. Uh, he'll be ready to join the conversation on all the political news of the day. And then, uh, as Dennis said, Del Marie Cobb. Man, I cannot wait to hear what Del Marie Cobb has to say about the state of the Democratic Party uh, and uh, the state of the union in the aftermath of Donnie Trump's speech. So plenty of political talk ahead of us before we do any of that. The young man from Alton, he knows a thing or two about politics. Oh, yeah. They call him Dr. Doobie with the news. <laughs> hey, everybody. Let's talk about what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. And we begin with the Illinois governor. Today, Governor J.B. Pritzker is at Ridgely Elementary School in Springfield mm. to make an announcement on statewide broadband expansion. Way to go, J.B. Let's recap, shall we? Mm -hmm. So far this year, he's made a handful of visits outside the city. It was just reported that we've brought in $40 million of revenue since the legalization of recreational reefer in January. Last week, we learned that we have one hell of an Illinois State Fair summer lineup this year, <laughs> featuring LL Cool J, Toby Keith, and Puddle of Mud. <laughs> On Tuesday, yeah. he threw our neighboring state of Iowa under the bus for Illinois' own political gains, suggesting that Illinois should host the first Democratic primary of the election season. A brilliant idea. And today, a downstate public announcement making the rest of Illinois feel included. Hot damn, J.B. Pritzker is knocking it out of the park in 2020. Take a chill pill, man. Well, <laughs> I will. I will take a chill pill. He's Mayor just Ron. jealous that you never said anything nice about him. <laughs> He's, I was pretty excited there. Mayor Rom called me out. Uh, ben Jarofsky, your thoughts. Well, before I give you my thoughts, let me ask you your thoughts. Okay. Now, you just gave uh, a glowing a praise for one governor jb i'm not a perfect person pritzker does that mean that you officially regret having voted for bob diber 
in the <laughs> in the last election in the 2018 primary? No, no young not, Dennis. Not at all. <laughs> Even though JB, you nope. love JB now. You well, probably, I don't love him, but <laughs> fan kinda, of what he's doing. Kind of like him. Kind of sort of yeah, like yeah. him. Is that a JB tattoo? I see. Hey. <laughs> anyway, yeah. My thoughts. Go get him, JB. All right, on to our Chicago mayor as we wait. Hold on. What? Let me weigh in. Let me just say something. Okay. Now I've been studying his proposal, like his suggestion that we move the uh, primary, make Illinois number one primary. And I believe you told me uh, that your good friend Greg Hines from Cranes weighed in on this and said yes, he endorses it. I did not mm-hmm. see the column. Okay, that's my old poker uh, playing yep, yep. pal. I'm this close to getting the interview with him on the show. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greg Hines. He, he said that he's known as no when to hold him, no when to fold him. Greg Hines. That mm-hmm. Greg Hines. Here we go. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, Mark Brown of the Chicago Sun Times said no, not a good idea. Mark Brown has been a guest on the show, wrote a column the Sun Times. So suddenly, D. Where do I go? I'm really... St- Greg Hines says, yay. Mark Brown says, nay. What do I do, D? Oh, no. <laughs> Panic in Detroit. I got to say, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth. I'm with Greg Hines on this one, man. Bring it to Illinois. Okay. Mark Brown says, it's we have winter in, in Illinois, so it's cold. Ah. <laughs> Come on, Mark. Mm, okay. Come on, man. You got to be tougher. The little snow's not going to threaten you. I'm cold. That damn winter. <laughs> yeah, we have winter, but somehow life goes on. All right. You know, they plow the streets. They put salt down. I'm with Greg Hines in this one. As much as I love Mark Brown, I'm saying have the primary in Illinois. It's far more representative. Uh, and then, uh, then I went, indeed, think of how much fun it would be. Like, just imagine if Illinois was the first primary state and we were the beneficiaries of all the love and attention that Iowa was. Like, Bernie would be in the studio. $27. I've been in the studio. It's a little rough, but <laughs> thanks for your support. Can I play the piano? Uh, yeah. And then I would do that close I do. Not only is he the senator from Vermont, not only is he a proud graduate of Brooklyn High School, but the man plays a mean piano. Those who make it all the way to the end, they got that one. <laughs> so anyway, I'm with Greg Hines. Uh, sorry, uh, Mark, I love you dearly, but yeah, Greg, he's right on target. Bring the Illinois primary. Make Illinois the number one state. All right, I'm looking online here. Emails. Okay. we. Greg Hines hasn't canceled the interview yet. Way to go, Ben. Proud of you. Got a new window. window. Please stop. Oh, there we're, goes we're, the We're getting there. We don't. <laughs> Great poker player, Greg. Hines. Okay, please stop. <laughs> On to our Chicago mayor. As we mentioned and questioned both Tuesday and Friday, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced that she will attend President Donald Trump's State of the Union address. Well, that happened last night. The mayor was, in fact, in attendance. And the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Lynn Sweet. Lynn, Spe- uh, Lynn Sweet spoke with Mayor Lightfoot. Say that ten times. I'm telling you, (laughs) Lynn Sweet spoke with Mayor Lightfoot about the speech and, more importantly, the question that we've all been asking, uh, why the hell would you even want to attend? (laughs) Trump's always trashing Chicago. Lightfoot had an explanation, all right? She told Lynn Sweet, quote, being here as a representative of the great city of Chicago gives me an opportunity to continue to be an ambassador for our city to connect with federal representatives 
at every level. Lynn Sweet went on to say that Lightfoot is a serious serial networker. Ben, what do you think of that? <laughs> what? She's there not so much uh, for the Donald, but rather to connect with federal representatives. All right, let me, a lot to unpack here, okay? A lot to unpack. Let me unpack it. Hey, we don't need sound effects. That's me unpacking things. All right. So first of all, if you're there to network, more power to you. Network. I read the little and sweet column and she was networking, shaking hands, passing out cards, saying, I like you. You're good. Hey, I love you. That's good. All right, fine. Networking's good for the city of Chicago. But that doesn't mean you have to go to the speech. At the part of the uh, Lynn Sweet column that I found uh, most interesting, D, I'll now read it to you. Uh, Lori Lightfoot said she was prepared to walk out as Trump scorched, quote, radical politicians, unquote, who provide sanctuary for, quote, criminal illegal aliens <clears throat> if he mentioned Chicago. Instead, he slammed New York and California. Let me just pause and think about that. So she was going to walk out if he unfairly trashed the city of Chicago, but it's okay if he unfairly trashes California and uh, New York. I don't get the logic there. I, I, I feel he, sh he should walk out if he unfairly trashes a Democratic state or Democratic city because they are Democratic states in Democratic cities. And he does that tracking, trashing in a State of the Union speech, which is supposed to be about how we're all in it together. How we're all one state, if you will, one union, if you will. I don't know why you would sit through and listen to him trash California. Well, that's okay. It's California. Let them walk out. So, no, D, I, I, I don't buy it. I, um, as much as I appreciate uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, passing out a card or shaking hands or going to meetings, I feel she could have done that without sitting through that preposterous uh, pageant that was set up by the Trump re-election committee. Uh, uh, which is of the so-called state of this, the union speech. So, no, I do not. Still, I stand by it. I do not think she should have showed up for that. And you know what? One more time, I'll say it. Not a lot of love for Eddie Johnson in this town, former police chief uh, who was uh, driven out of office after it emerged that he was kissing a woman other than his wife at a bar in Chicago. But he had the guts and the intelligence and the decency and the self-respect not to show up for Trump's speech when he came to town. So do like Eddie Johnson, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Not, I mean, do like Eddie Johnson in terms of Donald Trump. So, yeah, that's my take on that. All right, it looks like we're having some audio issues right now on the live stream. Uh, guys, hang tight. I'll grab Brian. Brian! <laughs> I'll grab him before we uh, do our interview with Monroe Anderson, all right? <laughs> but Lynn Sweet was on the mayor's trail all day. She met her at a, as Lightfoot finished a Congressional Black Caucus event where she met members of Congress, representatives of trade and social service organizations, and the Urban League chief. Before the speech on Media Row, the mayor got chummy with politicians like Democratic representative out of Florida and ex-president Bill Clinton's Health and Humane Services Secretary Donna Shalala. Uh, Democratic Senator out of Connecticut, Chris Murphy, and I'm still not sure if this is passive aggressiveness or not. Democratic Representative Bobby Scott of Virginia walked yeah. by. He asked Lightfoot, how's your school system doing? <laughs> that was it. Not sure uh, what that means. I, yeah, that, I, I read that too. I know you're in the middle, but can we just pause and think about that? Like, was 
Bobby Scott being a jerk. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. kind of a rough time for the school system. I'm, I'm not making light of things. Uh, there's a sexual harassment scandal erupting at Lincoln Park High School as we speak. I'm not sure Bobby Scott would know that's going on. And at the same time, follow me this, people. The uh, the gentleman who's in charge, the inspector general who's in charge of investigating such uh, uh, episodes, uh, like alleged sexual harassment scandals, uh, had to step down after he was embroiled in a harassment scandal. So the guy who's in charge of investigations just stepped down. I don't know who's going to do the investigation. Uh, so, yeah, it's not a really great time for Chicago public schools. Uh, so I don't know if, if Bobby Scott was aware of that when he asked that question. Uh, I don't know if he uh, was being a wise guy or if he, you know, it's sort of like saying, you know, How, how's your day today? Like today when I was walking through the, the hallways of the Chicago Sun-Times, people, hey, how's the day today? How are you doing today? All right. You know, it's just like a general nice thing. You know, they didn't get specific. How's the show today? That, you know, they didn't get specific. Bobby Scott got really specific. So kind of wondering, is this guy a jerk? It's proven my theory once again. You just can't trust somebody with a first name as a last name. Bobby Scott. You mean a last name is a first name? Yeah. (laughs) Don't trust him. You know, you've been hanging around me so long, you're starting to get dyslexia. I know. Not helping me here. All right. Lightfoot was invited to the event by Illinois U.S. U.S. Representative Robin Kelly. The two, along with fellow female House Democrats, wore all white to the speech. And for those wondering, she bought the suit online from Macy's.com. I know everybody was wondering that one. All right. Let me just take apart this this is this is very important want to make make sure we get it right we're not like the state of iowa we get things right state of iowa apparently 31 beats 32 that doesn't work in the ben jarofsky show all right so Lori lightfoot was not wearing a white suit uh, uh but she owns a white suit okay just get this straight and the suit she purchased i learned this i got that her tailor she has uh her tailor a custom tailor richard bennett there's a shout out to richard bennett her custom tailor these things i learned while reading the daily newspaper d so just so you know Lori lightfoot was not wearing a white suit but she has a white suit and if she had to wear one she could have worn one Oh, well, that was nice. Yeah. I just wanted to point everything out to make sure we get it correct. And we'd be accurate on the Ben Jarofsky Show. That's good. Accuracy right here on the mm-hmm. Ben Jarofsky Show. And as far as the mayor's thoughts on the State of the Union address itself, Lori Lightfoot was not impressed. <laughs> Should have walked out. Shouldn't have been there in the first place. All right. We got audio back, I think, guys. Holler if uh, you can hear us okay. That's because Brian Ernst is in this studio. I'm telling you, he doesn't play around. I'll tell you what, folks. I said this yesterday. I'll repeat it. If Brian Ernst had been in the state of Iowa Monday, that wouldn't have happened. He actually did say that. Brian Ernst would have said, excuse me, fellas, I know a thing or two about apps. Uh, did I tell you I was a millennial? <laughs> Need to fix that app. All right? Next, next, <laughs> in 2024, we're going to send Brian Ernst down to Iowa, and that'll take care of that. Now, maybe Brian Ernst someday can explain to me how the, the great state of Iowa uh says that Pete Buttigieg won when he got 31 votes and Bernie Sanders lost when he got 32 votes. I'd like to hear any mathematician explain that one. Brian, Brian, (laughs) Brian. All right, I think we got audio. All right. We owe it all to Brian Ernst. Hey, Iowa, his name is Brian Ernst, and he's right here in Chicago. (laughs) Oh, I think my foot, I got big old winter boots on. It's going to snow today, so I think my big old Hulk Hogan big booted the thing. Sorry, guys. All right. Oh, you kicked it with I your boot. Yeah. Gave <laughs> <laughs> the old Hulkster big boot there. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs>
The mayor was not impressed. No, oh, she's well, impressed with Brian it. Ernst. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's obvious. All right, she knows Brian. Lori Lightfoot was not impressed with the State of the Union address. Oh no, no. Lightfoot said the address amounted to a quote campaign speech that was a race to the bottom. Then Lightfoot said she was prepared to walk out as Trump scorched quote radical politicians who provide sanctuary for quote criminal illegal aliens. If he mentioned Chicago. Well, I, yeah, this is the point I made earlier in the show. I, I don't know why it's acceptable to sit through Trump trashing California and New York with falsehoods, but somehow it's not acceptable if you're Chicago. I guess you, well, I'm from Chicago, so I'm not going to walk out if he trashes California. That's the California, that's the mayor of Los Angeles' job. Oh, apparently, the mayor of Los Angeles wasn't there. By the way, for 10 trivia points, D, who is the mayor of Los Angeles? The mayor of Los Angeles? Yes. I mean, it's got to be Ice Cube. Eric Garcetti. (laughs) You're cool. But I don't know who the mayor of... um, The mayor of San Francisco has a name. Frank, who's the mayor of San Francisco? He's got a... Like, his last name comes first name. One of those things. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. I used to know... uh, This is a... Oh, this is a confession time. I used to know the names of the mayors of every major city in the country. That's how much of a geek I was oh, back in the day. I knew them all. John Lindsay, New York City. You don't have to admit these things. <laughs> Frank Rizzo, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was really weird, folks. Yeah, so uh, if, if Trump mentioned Chicago, Lightfoot was out of there. But he slammed New York and California. She's like, all right, I'll stay. Yeah, I'll stay. Well, you know, I don't like California much either. So, you know, I'm not, I don't know. You know, you're either all in it together or you're not. You know, <laughs> oh, it's okay. Just, you know. Cuomo can handle New York. De Blasio can handle New York. Uh, Life Within said that the speech, quote, makes me more resolved to do everything I can to change the results in November. Well, I'm with you 100%. Maybe we could figure out a new system where the loser is not declared the winner, which is apparently the governing principle in the state of Iowa and the governing principle, as I like to point out, in the United States. Uh, as I like to point out, in 2016, the winner of the popular vote was Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump got to be the president. That's because we have this crazy electoral college system. And as David Ferris has pointed out in this show many times, if the shoe was on the other foot, if the Republican Party had been... Been, uh, the victim of this scam with the Electoral College going back twice in this century, there would already be a movement uh, to address it and get a, uh, get rid of the Electoral College because the Republican Party plays to win. The Democrat Party, I don't know what they do. They play to, to, they play to divvy out contracts to people. I don't know what they're in the game for. So right now, my opinion, uh, all the experts are saying that whoever the Democratic nominee is will likely do even better in the popular vote than Hillary Clinton, and yet they're projecting that Donald Trump could win again because of the Electoral College. So Lori Lightfoot... Uh, I, I think I would, I would instead of just going to Washington and hanging out, passing out cards. Why don't you lead the charge to change electoral college? That's asking a lot for Chicago mayor, especially since our state, our enlightened state uh, to the west of us, Iowa, has its own mini electoral college. Shout out to Brienne on the live stream chat. She's channeling her inner Frank this afternoon. She's got the facts here. San Francisco mayor. London breed. Told you, London. I thank you, thank you very much. That well, you know what I mean. It's like the first names, like whatever. Anyway, London. I'm writing it down so I don't forget it. And let's end it out here with more Mayor Lightfoot news. And no, this news does not involve Donald Trump or Macy's.com. This one is uh, right in the Ben Jarofsky wheelhouse, if you ask me. The following comes from the Chicago Sun Times and the one and only Fran the Woe Man Spielman. 
Lori Lightfoot orders sweeping tip reforms. <laughs> yeah. Arguing uh, that tip spending decisions have, quote, occurred in the shadows for too long. Lightfoot is promising to bring in the light, as her campaign <laughs> slogan famously put it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. A new TIF investment committee will make equity the central focus of TIF subsidy decisions with pivotal input from Chief Equity Officer Candace Moore. All right, here's what I, listen, guys. <laughs> I have dedicated approximately the last 20 years of my life to studying Chicago's TIF program. I'm not particularly proud of this. At times, I, see, I, I think the, what have I done? I could have like spent this time and this energy doing something really important, like learning another language. I could be like fluent in Italian, French, Spanish. If I had dedicated just a tenth of the time that I've stu spent studying the TIF program, the corrupt, unfair, wasteful TIF program in the city of Chicago, if I just spent a just a portion of that, how about if I had used that time to make financial investments? D, I'd be richer than Trump. I'd be richer than Pritzker. I'd be the master. I'd be richer than Warren Buffett or Bloomberg. But no. Spent my time studying the TIF program. And well, I like you the way you are. Monroe Anderson has entered the building. Monroe Anderson has entered the building. Spent my time studying the TIF program. Spent my time trying to educate Chicagoans on this scam. Only to have Chicagoans give me that little dull look of like Iowans today. Iowans today are having that same dull look that Chicagoans have. I explain to Chicagoans how they're getting ripped off by the TIF program. And they give me that dull look. Huh? It's so complicated. Can't you just talk about something else? <laughs> Iowans today are, tr are trying to grasp the fact. Bernie got 32. Uh, Buttigieg got 31. But Buttigieg is so-called winner. Iowans are like, huh? I'll tell you what, D. The TIF program in Chicago is easier to understand and explain than the system they have in Iowa for portioning delegates. And that's saying a lot. So, going back to the TIF program. I welcome reforms. <laughs> I put, But I always say this to everybody in Chicago. Never, ever, ever trust a politician in Chicago or the state of Illinois in general who tells you they're reforming something. That's correct. All right, Bob Mo <laughs> Monroe Anderson knows I'm telling the truth. He's been around a long time. All right, I have some quotes here. Here's uh, Samir Makar, Deputy Mayor for Economic and Neighborhood Development, who chairs the committee uh, with a quote here. Quote, just like other investment committees at a bank, we're looking at projects holistically in a region, how they spur economic development. Oh my God. You have a body of folks <laughs> like the CFO, the budget uh. officer, the controller, asking pretty tough questions to make sure that taxpayer money is being allocated in the in the best way possible. Lightfoot is promising a more rigorous but-for oh, test God, yeah. for developers seeking city subsidies. That includes initial standards to be included immediately in a revised TIF program guide and the hiring of AECOM to put, quote, much more quantitative rigor behind but for standards by the end of the year. Maycar said, quote, we have a near-term solution and a long-term solution. Ben, <laughs> you're feeling this. I can I, tell. No, let me just say this. I welcome. I, thank you for addressing it. But let me just remind everybody uh, that Rahm Emanuel did the same thing, D. Back in 2011, when he marched into office, he, first it took Mike Quigley to explain to him, Mike, Congressman Mike Quigley, uh, explained to Rahm what the TIF program was. 
Rom didn't, you know, Rom didn't even, Chicago went in there in infinite wisdom, elected a man who didn't understand Chicago, barely ever lived here as their, I think that's a good idea. We're going to elect as our mayor, someone who's never lived here, knows nothing about our city. So Chicagoans showing, you know, uh, great wisdom in their electoral decision. They elected Rom, quickly explained to Rom the TIF scam. Rom said, oh my God, are you kidding me? Uh, The TIF program raises taxes on everybody in the city of Chicago and funnels it into bank accounts that I can control, that I I alone pretty much dictate what's wrong with that but in order, but in order to bamboozle the city of chicago and thinking he was changing it he put together this blue ribbon committee i'm not making any stuff up there you can look it up and they studied the tiff program and then they came to these conclusions oh this program is riddled with fraud and we should change it doing all the things that Lori lightfoot says she's going to do now Rom held a press conference. Rom said, I've changed the program, even though he was just accepting a report pr- produced by his Blue Ribbon Committee. The Tribune and the Sun-Times wrote editorials saying, what a great mayor we have. And then he went right back to misusing and abusing the program. So, excuse me if I'm a little skeptical about any mayor that says he or she is going to reform this scam. Because the whole thing about the TIFs is that it's free money for the mayor to play with the way he or she wants. So I'm a little skeptical that we will actually change it. But you know, D, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she will change it. So you know what? We shall see. How about that, D? Huh? I like that. We I'm, shall see. We shall see. It's about as much optimism as we'll get out of that guy. We shall see. Uh, All right, so that's what's going on in the news there. Uh, shout out to Fran Spielman for the article there. By the way, if you haven't yet, you should download the latest Fran Spielman podcast every week. Fran goes one-on-one with the movers and shakers in the city of Chicago. Form, former Mayor Rahm Emanuel was a guest. Take a chill pill, man. Retired State Senator John Cullerton was a guest. And in her latest episode, she takes the deep dive with a guy who looks like both Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds. At one time, you often hear someone looking like one or the other, but never both. It's interim police superintendent Charlie Beck, this guy right here on the Sun Times. He looks like both of them. Yeah, okay. It's a fantastic podcast. It's the Fran Spielman podcast, downloadable at the Chicago Sun Times website or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Don't go anywhere, people, because coming up after this break, we're talking all things the State of the Union address, all things what the hell happened in Iowa and more (laughs) with legendary Chicago, uh, Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun Times. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Thank you, Chicago, for this humbling victory. All I can say, you sure know how to make a guy feel at home. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. 
Fresh off the stage, Mayor, thanks for being here. Sure thing. And right after you saw these partial initial results coming um, out of Iowa, your reaction, you said better late than never from the stage. What do you say? Well, it, it amounts to a remarkable victory for our campaign's vision and message. And I'm just so humbled by the support that we got from, as far as I can tell, and I haven't seen the very latest map, uh, but far, as far I can, as I can tell, every uh, different part of the state, different kinds of communities, a lot of those counties that uh, famously switched from President Obama to Trump, and now we need to bring back into the fold. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just an extraordinary validation for our belief that we can unify people and unify people both to lead and to win in an election that we can't afford to lose. Welcome back to the Bendrovsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. All right, Monroe Anderson in the studio. Just one more time, that was uh, Mayor Pete, uh, South Bend, Indiana, who is claiming a, tr a victory in Iowa, even though at the last uh, tally, and it, they take forever in Iowa. They're slow moving in Iowa, Monroe. The last, I've been there before. Yeah, they move slow in Iowa. It's like getting behind a tractor on a highway. It's just moving slow in Iowa. Uh, the last count, Mayor Pete was losing in the popular vote. See, Iowa has a situation, a system similar to the one we have in this country when it comes to a presidential election. So Donald John Trump lost the presidential election to Hillary Clinton, but in our system of governance, losing is winning, so he gets to be the he gets to be the president. In the state of Iowa, Pete Buttigieg gets to claim to be the victor even though he's losing the popular vote. So Iowa Democrats, man, I guess you're trying to win by replicating how Trump won. And we are not trying to win over Iowa listeners. Huh? Well said by a Bernie bro. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, is that your Mayor Pete button? Man. <laughs> Look, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. I'll say it again and again and again. I can't wait till TV's here because I can't wait to say it to him. And Delma Recob, she's going to hear the same thing, too. To all my centrist brothers and sisters in the Democratic Party, all those of the moderate persuasion, I'm telling you right now, stop wasting your time with Joey Biden. Stop wasting your time with Amy Klobuchar. Start, stop wasting your time with Pete Buttigieg and go right to Bloomberg. The man's got $59 billion to spend. Not $59 billion, but at least $5 billion to spend on the election. If you're going to go with a centrist, go with a billionaire centrist. I suspect that you're right. Yeah, you know I'm right. <laughs> what? There's not a dime's worth of difference between Pete Buttigieg and Bloomberg, except Bloomberg has more experience. Uh, then, well, that's a big and, difference right and there. one is straight and one is gay. All right, that means nothing. And it's, it depends on who you are and how you think. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, so in terms of uh, ideological worldview, there's not a dime's worth of difference between Pete Buttigieg uh, and Michael Bloomberg. So why would you go with the guy who ha who doesn't have the resources to beat Trump as opposed to the billionaire. If you believe in their ideology... Well, Tuesday will... will Super Tuesday will make that determination. If, if, if Mike, with all his millions of dollars, comes in and does a great job, wins, comes in second place even, then you're right on your prediction. If he doesn't, that you should go with, with Bloomberg versus... Um, Pete. But if Bloomberg comes in fourth or fifth, then you may as well stay with Pete if you're with Pete. If you're with Pete. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what... Listen, I have a lot of doubts about no, Pete it, Buttigieg. This is the problem. is A large percentage of Americans are tired of baby boomers. 
Uh, I don't see that. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. If I, if I tally up the votes, uh, the baby boomers annihilated the millennial. The millennial in the race is Pete Buttigieg. The baby boomers in the race were Biden. No. Oh, is he? He's older than a baby. Yes. Boomer. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's all older of them. Baby, baby so boomers the, go from 1946 okay. to 1964. So the three out of the four were older than baby yes. boomers. Right. Okay. Exactly. So I mean, millennials they, are like they, they're 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 what, what Woody Allen describes as in the trenches. In between the baby boomers and the greatest generation, it's, it's hard to describe. Them. You're quoting Woody Allen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not a good idea these days, Monroe. Uh, wait, so it's, you know, I mean, everybody has. As my mother used to tell me, a fool can tell you something. All right, so uh, are you ready to say you're ditching Biden and Warren for Mayor Pete? No, no, no. I told you, I'm open. Okay. I, I haven't made a decision. All yet. right, but, uh, fair enough. But, but I'm not. Well. I'm becoming less and less of a Bernie supporter. Less and less. less and how less. can less be? How can anything be less than zero? No, no, no. A scale of one to ten, he was a two. I, I don't know. I don't care who you support in whatever election. I do not know what mathematical universe uh, exists where thirty-one is a greater than 32 and right uh, the new math uh the new math of the democratic party they're trying you know maybe if we make less more than more in iowa we can do well no this the reality is it's a very um cockeyed system they need to throw it out and just have a regular primary and Uh, they don't need to be first uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, yes, they definitely. Right. We're going to ask Delmarie Cobb about that when she comes in at 2.30. She's been uh, following Chicago politics forever, political strategies, whether, what she thinks about Illinois going first. I like the idea of Illinois going first as opposed to Iowa. What's your thoughts on it? Oh, good idea. Good idea. Because right now, right now we are um, insignificant. In these in these races, Monroe, just think about that. Can you imagine if Illinois were first, uh, all the love we would get as a, uh, from the the presidential candidates? It would all have been tromping around. Illinois. We would be doing uh, uh, midweek with Monroe, and into the studio would walk Pete Buttigieg right. to say, "Monroe, I love Gary, Indiana." Right. Monroe is from Gary, Indiana, yeah. uh, and Monroe would say, "I'm still not voting for." <laughs> All right, Monroe, let's do the over-under uh, on percentage of black vote that Mayor Pete's going to get after this resounding victory, in quotes, in Iowa. Do you st- he, he, right now, last I saw, he was at 0% in the polls. No, he's, I think he worked his way up to 2 Oh, I missed that. Yeah, right. I think I saw he's at 2 in, <laughs> I see. In, um, in, sorry, in, in South Carolina, he's up to 2 Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. This is okay. Things are looking up for him, and uh, <laughs> he's up to 2%. All right, uh, let's talk all things Trump. Uh, before he comes on the show, Monroe generally puts something on his Facebook page. Uh, I'm going to call it up here if I can. It's pretty funny stuff that he writes. Hold on one second. Uh, here we go. Where's Monroe? Da 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 da. Monroe. Here we go. It was up and then it went away. Here we go. Monroe Anderson. Uh, oh, there's a Monroe Anderson in Fresno, Texas. I did not know that. Oh my lord. Uh, here we go. 
Um, Stevie Wonder can see that Trump is guilty. So how fake was the Senate fair trial without witnesses or evidence presented? After the vote to acquit goes down later today, will DJ Trump become the O.J. Simpson of American politics where we know what he did, but he got away with it anyway? Yes, indeed. Is DJ O.J.? Uh, Question I put to you, Monroe. DJ is definitely O.J., Except OJ had more character. <laughs> Not quite sure I would buy that line. Um, it, 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 was no. a, it was a crime of passion. Yeah. Uh, that is, send and, your emails. And the, glo- and the glove didn't fit. Send your emails and thought and comments to uh, Monroe Anderson, not me. Um, all right. So Donald Trump is going to get away with it. Uh, any, first of all, is there any? You said you had breaking news. Breaking from the, news. The, uh, go ahead, tell the breaking Histor- news. Hist- history has just been made. Mitt Romney, the senator from Utah. Yes, former uh, Republican um, presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. Split his vote. Is going to split his vote. He's going to vote um, remove for abuse of power and acquit for obstruction of Congress. Hmm. And he is the first um, senator in American history to vote against a president in his party. Is that right? Yes. No, I'm, I'm just I'm momentarily yeah, having yeah. a brain freeze. No Democrats voted against Clinton. Right. To Why? Remove him. Right. And, and no, let's see, uh, Republicans, I guess it was, with um, Johnson. So what, what is he voting for? What was the one that he's voting for? Abuse of power. Abuse of power. And uh, so the abuse of power was when he what called, uh, he twisted the arm of the yes. Ukraine president. Yes. That's the abuse of power yes. as opposed to obstructing yeah. uh, Congress by not providing uh, and, and, documents. And, yeah. And Romney gave this really very good speech um, where, you know, God, God, God had a little bit to do with his decision. You know, he's a man of religion, of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, he, he just couldn't in good conscience. He, I mean, and he was very emotional when he made this speech. Mm-hmm. Now, this wasn't one of those um, typical vapid um, Romney statements mm-hmm. or anything. I mean, you could see that it was a difficult decision for him. Well, I, I've got to give him credit for that. I mean, I, listen, uh, Donald Trump has intimidated our Republican Party. He owns the Republican Party. Right. That was obvious from the spectacle of the uh, State of the Union speech, which right. I put in quotes. Right. Uh, it, so they're so intimidated by a, a Donald Trump tweet. Uh, well, and, and Romney acknowledges that he's going to catch holy hell with this position in the within the party. He knows that. Now, how is it playing? Uh, I how is it playing uh, among Republicans? Have other Republicans been blasting him? Literally, this happened while I was driving ah, I here. See. So I, I don't know, except um, I did hear some commentary about his getting a lot of support through um, tw- Twitter or something like that, some on- online support. Mm-hmm. But people were calling him brave and courageous, et cetera. Well, I mean, in, poli- in, in political terms, what he's doing is courageous. He's right. taking a strong stand. Uh, you know, let's put it in, in, in terms of Illinois. It'd be the equivalent of a Democrat uh, standing up to Rod Blagojevich when Rod Blagojevich was peach. Oh, wait, every Democrat in the state of Illinois did that. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I guess, you know, well, they, I'm, they, I'm, try, I'm they, struggling. They knew he was going to jail. They, uh, the Republicans haven't figured it out about Trump yet. 
I don't know, man. Donald, I that was no, like, no. Let me tell you the scenario. All right, okay, here we go. All, all right, right. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I keep telling you this stuff, man, and you just ignore right. me. Are no. you poo poo it or something? I'm going to take notes this time. Okay. And then after that, please explain to me how a 31 is more than 32 in Iowa math. But let's deal with the first thing first. Go ahead. Okay. Trump will get trounced in nine months. After he's trounced, because he would have acted up during these nine months horribly. I mean, much worse than he's done in the past three years. Um, they will open the sealed indictments on him. And it'll be uh, 20 years in 2020 for Trump. <laughs> okay. Uh so, and I may exaggerate the years a little bit. He may only get two or three. Let's let's just uh, consider your prediction in light of what went down last night. Yes. Uh, l- last night was a spectacle staged by Donald Trump, uh, in which he used the uh, reality TV. Yes. Yes, it was reality TV. Take us through it. Yeah. Where, first of all, um, the, his lap dogs. In unison, we're, laugh, uh, we're, we're chanting four more years. Now, wait, time out. At, at a state, at of, a the state U- of the yeah, Union exactly, speech. Exactly. I mean, that's worse than you, you lie. You lie, of course, was the, uh, the, the congressman. I think his name Wilson. was Wilson. Wilson. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Joe Wilson yeah. uh, from South Carolina, I want to say, who blurted out during Barack Obama's uh, State of the Union, yeah, you lie. He, he was talking about the uh, ACA, yeah. uh, a.k.a. Obamacare. Obamacare. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they were chanting four more years. Has that ever happened? No. <laughs> never. No. no, never, ever, 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 ever. And then he refused to, um, he refused to shake... Nancy Pelosi's yeah. hand. So she um, dropped the part about, um, there's some statement about honorable and whatever yeah. president. The, pro- the protocol that the you protocol, begin. The protocol, right. Yeah. She dropped that. And then um, she made faces throughout the speech every time he told a lie. So she was almost like an animated cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling her exactly, eyes. Right, exactly. Because he was lying, lying, lying. By the way, did you actually watch the speech? Oh, yes. Right, oh, man, yes. You deserve credit for that. Right, exactly. I, uh, no, 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 no. I watched it all, all hour and a half of it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and so, and then, of course... The, she tore up the speech. Tore up at the, the speech, end. which yes. that's part I did. I was uh, I missed the speech because I was at the hideout doing the show last night. Uh, but I read about it and I watched uh, some of the highlights and the highlight. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, what was your so no? So it's, it's the war is on. We got to have some uh, uh, interesting, as in Chinese curse, uh, nine months ahead of us between, well, with them with them battling. Yeah, and uh, so. The oh, because okay, let me tell you this too, because okay. you probably didn't know this. They are discussing the, the House Democrats mm-hmm. are discussing bringing Bolton, uh, subpoenaing Bolton, and bringing him in to testify. Uh, how do they have the authority to do that? Yes, yes. They oh. can impeach. They can impeach Trump again if they want. Wait, Tim. Oh, the House. The House. Uh, the, 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 yeah, set, the House. My bad. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Country. They should. Yeah. Right. Oh, the Democrats. They're going to bring Bolton in. Absolutely. David and, Ferris, uh, our good friend from Roosevelt University, always uh, advises the Democrats to play as tough and as hardball as the Republicans do. Right. So, do you think how many uh, bank 
Benghazi investigations? Uh, four. Okay. I think it was So four. we're just it's getting started. Four. Right, exactly. You know, we're, we're getting, you know, as, uh, no, I, I absolutely bring Bolton in. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right. So right. they could just have a second impeachment. Right, exactly. We're going to impeach him again. <laughs> they rigged the first trial. Let's see if they Let's can go. do it again. I'm right. all for it, 100%. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. The notion, first of all, that he gets to be president of the United States when he doesn't win the popular vote and acts like he has a mandate when he doesn't have a mandate is ridiculous enough. And right. the Republicans wouldn't have put it up for it for one second if the roles reversed. Oh, yeah. no, they, 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 would, they, they would be tar and feathering by now. Absolutely. Oh, first of all, they would starting proceedings to change, uh, to amend the Constitution so we do away with the Electoral College. Right. That's what they would be doing right now. They'd be, no, if, if it had gone down in, 20, in 2000 this way, they'd be well into 20 years of changing it. They probably have half the legislators, legislative bodies in the in the country of ever having voted on it already. Right, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, wow, this is uh, impeach him again. Uh, now, what was your thoughts when uh, they gave the shout-out to Rush Limbaugh and... Uh, uh, made more than a shout, shout yeah, out. Was, he yeah. gave him the, 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 the Medal of Honor, yeah, was, whatever medal it was, was the greatest thing. Because uh, Rush and I don't push ill on anybody, but... Rush has stage four, four cancer, yeah. lung cancer. And so he probably won't be around this time next year to celebrate um, Trump's loss. <laughs> well, it was, it was like, um, that's what I'm saying. It, 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 it was Donald Trump's show, uh, and he was going to defy uh, the Democrats every step he had. He was going to proclaim himself the champion. He was going to uh, think about it. What he did, what he's done over the last four years. First of all, he he made he. You know, I always say this in Chicago. They do this when a new mayor comes in. The new mayor always. Uh, says that the budget deficit is greater than it actually is so that within a year he or she can take credit for having reduced the budget deficit even though it's all made up numbers anyway so donald trump did that as president he said the country was in worse shape than it actually was so well, that it wasn't in bad shape that's what i'm saying <laughs> it was not a worse shape it was not in bad shape yeah this goes back to yeah, that you know because as you know i fight with my right-wing friends mm -hmm. on facebook uh, before Trump, they were they were talking about American exceptionalism and how great America was, et cetera, et cetera. Trump comes along, and now it needs to be made great again. And so I, one of the things I would ask them is, well, exactly when did America be, go from being exceptional to um, needing to be made great again? I must have missed that time period. What is their response? Uh, they have no. He's, uh, he's Obama. So <laughs> that was their response. Obama. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then uh, so your sense of how this is playing out, your sense of. Okay, Donald, I understand that a Trump America, and we are two countries, yes. loves Donald Trump, right. loved that spectacle, was probably weeping and, when the... And his ratings have gone up. His approval ratings are now at 49, which are the highest they've ever been. And your thoughts on that? I don't know. <laughs> this befuddles me. You know, but I never understood how and why Reagan was president. <laughs> Uh, 40, so some of this stuff is just I can't I can't fathom. Yeah, uh, forty nine percent. Uh, a TPP candidate has entered the room. A TPP candidate has entered the room. Forty nine percent. I'll 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 leave it with this before we take a break to bring a Tebow on uh, to join us, Monroe. Okay. Forty nine percent is 
the highest it's ever been. I've not seen this, but I'll take you at your word. You, you, you read it right, unlike yeah. the Democrats in Iowa who don't know that 32 is more than 31. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Boy, the, you birdie bros are hard losers. <laughs> uh, uh, wait. How, uh, you know what? We're going to ask the team of Buchanan when he comes on the show how you could call the Bernie the loser when he got more votes than Buttigieg. I'm, I'm not calling him the loser. I, I'm, just <laughs> I'm, point, just, I'm just pointing out that the young guy got uh, one, the young according, guy. according to Iowa's rules. Okay, they get to make up their own rules. You, you don't get you, you don't get to give them con- uh, Chicago rules at Iowa. Hold on, this just in breaking news: the San Francisco 49ers were victorious in the Super Bowl because they scored less points than the Kansas City Chiefs. Iowa rules are now t- governing yeah. the Super Bowl. Sports is not politics. Uh, I, I mean, see. the reason people are fascinated with sports is because there are numbers that you can measure. It's not subjective. I see. I, You know what? I hope there are no chefs out there applying Iowa rules to, like, the recipes. I'm going to oh, make a cake. No, no, it costs no, me 30 wait, ounces, wait, 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 but I'm going to put 32 wait, 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 wait. in. No, no, no. The difference between cooking, uh, yeah. the chef, what a chef does, uh-huh. and a baker does, is baking is scientific. If it calls for a quarter cup of... Um, Oil. Uh huh. You, you can't just say, "Oh, I throw a dash in, or I throw a cup in." I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's science, so it has it's a formula. A formula. All right. Whereas cooking is an art. I see. All right. And so uh, you can do it all kind of with your ways. Uh, as long as you bring up the subject of baking, I would say the Democrats in Iowa are seriously baked. We're oh, going to take a, we're going to take a break. Bring back. I'll bring on a T. Boop Buchanan to join the conversation. We'll be right back. It's Chicagoland's adult entertainment playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. 